Drabblecast B-Sides, episode 58, Copy Crime, by Ian Creasy. Ian was born in 1969 and lives in Yorkshire, England. He began writing when rock and roll stardom failed to return his calls. So far, he's sold 50-odd short stories to various magazines and anthologies. His debut collection, Maps of the Edge, was published in 2011. His spare time interests include hiking and gardening, anything to get him outdoors and away from the computer screen. So without further ado, we bring you Copy Crime by Ian Creasy. Young Jack Taylor was a mighty fine sailor and he knew how to handle a teat. He had whiskey for blood like every sailor man. On a gray, misty day in November 2028, the clock in Winston's room struck 14. He'd hacked the clock's mechanism to make his point. Old-fashioned clockwork was the only thing left that could still be hacked. Fourteen chimes, he declared into his diary, represents the fourteen years that copyright originally lasted. But today is the centenary of Disney's Steamboat Willie. One hundred years after its premiere, it's still locked up. Copyright keeps getting extended, and enforcement is ever more intrusive. Look! Winston turned to his computer, where he'd composed a message with an attached file. This is a satirical mashup that uses a few images from old films. It should be fair use. He clicked send. On screen, a cartoon rodent appeared. Copyright material detected, it squeaked. Cannot send without authorization. The rodent's white-gloved hand pointed reprovingly at the attachment. It's like living in 1984, Winston said. They watch us through the screen, scrutinizing our every move. I can't stand living under this tyranny. But surely it won't last. One day soon, it will collapse. I'm going to freeze myself until then. I'll sleep through this madness and wake up in an age of freedom. That's assuming I'm still allowed to freeze myself, if Walt Disney hasn't copyrighted that. Winston packed his things and went to the cryogenic center. He specified his wake-up condition as the end of copyright. Inside the defrosting chamber, Winston bent and stretched to loosen his stiff muscles. How long have I been frozen? he asked. A thousand years, said the android, who'd been assigned to help Winston adjust to the new era. The android had cartoon-like features and a disconcerting fixed grin. Winston flinched. Wow, that's a lot longer than I expected. Has copyright ended? He hoped the wait had been worthwhile. Certainly not, the android replied. You were revived on compassionate grounds. Many people in the cryobank specified unrealistic conditions for being woken, so we revive everyone after a millennium to save them from staying frozen forever. Fortunately, your investments have performed well, and you're entitled to a large number of entertainment coupons. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom. The android's smile stretched even wider. Flags sprung out from behind its rodent-like ears, and its nose honked a steam whistle toot-toot. Winston rallied himself, determined not to lose heart until he'd seen the world properly. He left the cryogenic center. Outside, the streets were full of color, thronged with people and androids. The main thoroughfares led to a hill at the center of the city, where a castle loomed over the landscape. Above the castle, a giant hologram hung in the air, like the face of God. If God ever smiled a rat-like, buck-toothed grin. 
Mickey Mouse is watching you, Winston thought. He sat on a bench and took out his phone. The cryocenter had upgraded it to connect to the modern network. From the drafts folder, he retrieved his old message and its attached file. On screen, the same cartoon rodent appeared. Copyright material detected, it squeaked. Winston heard a stampede of thundering feet. He looked up to see androids marching toward him, their whiskers bristling with fury. Just before they reached him, Winston recorded a brief entry in his diary. I've seen the future, he said, and it's a white glove slapping a human face forever. Winston woke in the defrosting chamber again. This time he was alone. As he clumped across the room, limbering up his body, he heard only the echo of his footsteps. Hello, he called. A hologram appeared, the familiar cartoon-like rodent. This is a recorded message, it said. As the automatic repair facilities can no longer maintain all the cryogenic freezers, occupants are being revived as a fail-safe measure. How long have I been frozen? Winston asked. This is a recorded message, as the automatic repair facilities can no longer maintain... Ugh... Winston searched the cryogenic center, looking for any signs of life. The corridors had uneven floors and cracked walls. Many of the rooms had caved in, their contents now buried under rubble. The few intact freezers were empty, save for patches of mold. The entire complex had the fusty smell of somewhere long unoccupied. His phone said no signal. He took several deep breaths, striving to calm himself. Then he climbed the stairs to the main entrance. The metal doors sagged inward, but it took him an hour to wrench them open. A cascade of rocks and soil tumbled through the doorway. Winston clambered outside into the sunshine. He gasped. He'd subconsciously expected to see a ruined city from a post-apocalyptic movie. But he emerged into grassland. In every direction, he saw lush grass dotted with shrubs. Only occasional mounds suggested that ruin might lie somewhere below ground. The Magic Kingdom's castle no longer stood atop the hill. Even the hill itself seemed lower than he remembered it. The shock stupefied him. More time had passed than he could possibly guess. Was anyone left alive? At least copyright must have ended, he said, trying to cheer himself up with gallows humor. It didn't work. Well, what about a song? He launched into the bare necessities from Disney's The Jungle Book. Soon, a hologram appeared in the air. The rodent's white-gloved hand pointed reprovingly at him. Copyright material detected, it squeaked. Please desist your performance. Winston paused in surprise, and the hologram vanished. He resumed, and it reappeared. The more lines he sang, the more infuriated the hologram became. He finished the song, then yelled, Come and get me, damn it, into the empty sky. Meeting anyone would be a relief, even if they did come to arrest him. Right now, he wanted copyright to exist, if it meant that someone survived to enforce it. But no one came. Winston returned to the depths of the cryogenic center and looted the storage unit that had preserved sleepers' belongings through the millennia. 
Among all the meaningless mementos, he found guns, chocolate, and several bottles of alcohol. Thus fortified, he set out to explore the world. After three days of travel, he saw houses in the distance. His initial exultation subsided when he drew closer and discovered that the inhabitants weren't human. They were gray, whiskery creatures, about half his size. They looked like overgrown mice. Had enough time passed for a new intelligent species to actually evolve? Or had they been created by genetic engineering, surviving the passing of their makers? Either way, they might at least be company. Winston decided to observe them and figure out what they were like before attempting to introduce himself. He waited for night to fall, then crept into the village. The houses were thatched huts, except for one stone building that resembled a small castle. He sneaked up to the edifice and found a window he could peer through. Within the candlelit interior, an audience sat facing a central dais. The arrangement reminded Winston of a theater. No, a church. This was a sacred performance. The rite seemed curiously familiar. The stage set depicted a boat with an old-fashioned wooden wheel for steering, a figure cavorting on a deck pretending to be in charge. It was Steamboat Willie. As the performance continued, the copyright hologram appeared and issued its futile rebuke. The mice all bowed low, worshipping the hologram like a spirit. Dazed, Winston staggered away. The next day he walked onward to the next village. Here stood another castle devoted to a different Disney film. The closer the mice evoked the original, the more agitated the hologram spirits became, sending the mice into religious ecstasy. These strange performances were the only cultural artifacts to survive the human race. Disney's fierce attempts to protect their films had led to their preservation as unauthorized recreations. Winston was glad. He drank a slug of gin, raised the bottle as a toast to humanity's heirs. The struggle was finished. He had finally come to terms with copyright. He loved Mickey Mouse. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions. Special thanks to our episode artist this week, Elsie Ebes. Elsie's a freelance illustrator currently searching for Ophanim in New York. You can find her work at ecibes.tumblr.com. And to you, the Drabblecast B-Side subscriber, for helping us do what we do here at the Drabblecast and subscribing to the Drabblecast for $10 a month. We greatly appreciate it. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. 
Oh, man, this is really living.